So we're in a series called Stepping Up. I'm uh, finishing us up tonight. We, first week, Brad talked about how God will put you through a situation, but he's with you in it. So if God will, put, if God will make you do it, he'll, like, be with you. And then last week he said, um, oh, what did he say? He talked about identity. He said, who God is is more important than who you are not. And I feel like that's such a huge concept, and we could probably spend months on that. That's, so that's so much fun. But um, tonight we're going to talk about what we do um, with our life. Like, what are we called to step up to with our life? So if you read Joshua, and I'm not going to read you the whole book tonight because it's long, but if you read Joshua, you know, the first six chapters, they get ready to go. They get ready to go invade the Canaanite land. And I was going to teach you about Jericho and that story. So, um, you know, how, how the Lord called Joshua to go see the promise of, of Jericho, like, Jericho's ours. But then I realized that the rest of the book, like, Jericho is not the story. The story is the rest of the fight. So we think about, I think we sometimes are like, well, Joshua in the battle of Jericho. That's the only thing we know about him. But if you read the rest of this story, if you read the rest of the book, um, Joshua doesn't have rest. He is a warrior till the day he dies. The Lord commands them in Deuteronomy. Uh, he gives this charge to, to Moses. But Moses trained and raised Joshua. So he gives this command in Deuteronomy. He says, um, but you shall devote them, that's the Canaanites, to complete destruction, as the Lord your God has commanded, that they may not teach you to do, according to all that, um, their abominable practices that they have done, because you will sin against the Lord your God. So in Deuteronomy, Moses is like, okay, we got to defeat the Canaanites. So he, he doesn't do it. He doesn't walk through the promised land. But um, Joshua gets sent to do it. And Joshua does Jericho. And, like, he, he knows, okay, be bold, be strong, be courageous. I'm going. Like, this is my identity. This is who I am in the Lord. I'm going to go take the land that the Lord has given me. But it's a fight. If you read the entire book of Joshua, almost every page or every chapter talks about the battles. The battles that Joshua made to clear the land so that the land would be clean and holy. And you know what? At the end of his life, he hadn't done it. There were still battles to be done. But Joshua took great strides in that direction. So here's my question for you tonight, and we're going to kind of unpack this or like talk about it a little bit, you know, like you do. But my question for you is, what does God ask you to do with your life ultimately? Like, we, okay, step up. Like, yes, we'll step up to go do crazy things. We'll go step up um, in things that make us feel uncomfortable and awkward. But what is God asking you to do with your life? Because your life isn't here on Wednesday night, and your life isn't here on a uh, Sunday morning. Your life isn't what you do at school. Your life isn't the 15 minutes that you spend with Jesus in prayer in the morning. Your life is every moment of every day. Your life doesn't begin when you get out of high school, and it doesn't end when you get done with college, and it doesn't start when you have a family, and it doesn't end when your children leave the nest. Your life is more than that. Your life is ever the sum of all your moments before the Lord. And all of you will stand before God at the end of the time, and you will be accountable for your days. So do you believe that your life has started, and are you living like that? What has God called you ultimately to step up to? Will you turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy 4.12? This is your verse tonight. This is for you guys. If you've never read this before, you need to take it home and write it down, and you need to study this verse. This is your verse. 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Do not uh, be despised for your youth. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set for the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You guys are young. You are what we would call the youth. Do not be despised for your youth. But set for the believers an example in purity and love and conduct and all the things that you do. You need to set an example. Um, 
your life right now should reflect the fact that you love Jesus. And if your life doesn't, or if it only reflects the fact that you love Jesus on Wednesdays, you need to figure something out. God is calling you to let your life reflect him, to let your life be an example to everyone else. You know what? I should be able to talk to any one of you kids in this room and be like, oh, my gosh, they love Jesus. Like, Jesus, I want to love you the way that kid does. The, the way that kid is pure, that purity that that child has, that that son or daughter of yours in high school has, God, I want to be that pure in my thoughts and my actions. God, I want to be pure like that kid. And there's a level of discipleship. So I'm going to disciple you, and then you're going to disciple people younger than you, and Brad's going to disciple me. Like, that's just how that happens. But you should be setting an example for all of us in your behavior. Does your life reflect that now? Honestly, if you, if you sit and you're quiet and you think, does your life reflect God has asked you to do? Are you setting an example for others in purity? Are you setting an example for others in, um, in your words that you say, in your conduct, in your speech, in your faith? Do you have faith when no one else does? I think um, we have a tendency to forget that life is, like life, life with Jesus is hard. And so we're going to talk about like, okay, like we're going we're gonna to follow you, Jesus. God, we lay our life down. Tonight we sang that. Like we lay our life down. We find our life at your feet, God, at the feet of the cross. Okay. Okay, that's great. But have you laid your life down so that you can be raised to walk a new life? We say we have, but have you? Like really, have you actually laid your life down? Would you go to Romans 6, 4? This is a huge passage. You should read it on your own if you ever have time. But 6.4 says this. We were buried, therefore, with him, that's Jesus, into baptism, which Brad just talked about, by death, or into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Um, okay, here's something we don't talk about a lot, and I just, I wanna, I just want to tell you about it. Okay? Your leaders will probably say following God is hard. They will probably tell you that. You will probably hear that at some point. You will probably acknowledge the fact, okay, following Jesus is hard. But have you followed Jesus to the point of death? You know, we're in America. We don't, we don't have ISIS. We don't have, most of us are not going to die for our faith, at least not in this current political climate. Most of us are not going to die for our faith. So it makes it a little harder for us to say, like, yeah, yeah I'll follow the Lord to the death because you don't know. Um, you need to have your eyes open to what it looks like to die to yourself today. You need to understand what it looks like for you to die in your heart today. And so I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you my story so that you can get like a picture. Okay, like Hannah. Hannah's a, a you know, 21-year-old white girl in Nebraska. This is what it looks like for her to die to self. Um, I am very smart. And I'm not saying that like in a bad way. I'm just smart. I like school. I'm very educated. I have an associate's degree. I love school. I was going to go to school to be a trauma surgeon. I had a plan. My life had a plan. I was going somewhere with my life. Guys, I was raised in a poor family. I was going to make money. I was going to be successful. I was going to fund the work of the kingdom. I was like, I'm going to make money and fund the kingdom. Like, that's what I'm going to do. That was my plan. That was my plan. And then I got saved. Um, when I was 19, like right before I turned 19, because I had known the Lord. I grew up at this church, but I didn't follow the Lord. I didn't say yes to him until I was 19. And then for the next two and a half, three years, the Lord took away everything that I owned and everything that I loved and everything that I wanted to make me successful. Um, and it hurts. 
I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've cried over the fact that my car is gone, which sounds like the stupidest thing in the world. Last year, uh, my favorite car, the one that I bought with my money, um, died. Like, it just had a blown head gasket. And I don't have any money because I don't have a job, so I can't fix it. So I don't have a car anymore. Guys, I have cried so many nights over that stupid car. So many nights I've cried over that car. And it's dumb. And every time I cry, a part of me, the part of my, like my flesh, the part of my heart that's like, I need my car for independence, Lord. I need it. I need it. That part of me dies every time that I give it to God. Every single time. Um, last March, I, I worked for an internal medicine clinic, which is a big fancy word for their doctors. And I made more money than probably is, is right. And I was like, okay. I, I like that I'm making money. This is, I was like, I like this. It'll help me in my future. Um, I'll pay off my debt. But I knew the Lord was calling me to missions, and I knew specifically this job at House of Prayer. So I knew he was asking me to do it. But he hadn't given me an ultimatum, and so I was just taking my time. You know, I'm going to pay off my debt. I'm going to get financially stable. I'll buy a new car. I'll have a house. It'll be great. I'll be set, and then I'll follow you, Lord. Um, and then I remember him telling me one morning in the prayer room, like, no, no, like, I'm calling you to be an intercessory missionary. Do you say yes? And I said, okay, Lord, I say yes. And the next day, uh, I got let go from my job. And I haven't worked really since then. And then my car died three, la- three months later. And then he gave me a car, and then that car died. And now I live with three other girls in one room, and we share one car. My life is hard. My life is not easy. I don't like my life most of the time. But I love Jesus. And every time I think about the fact that four of us share one car— Part of my flesh, the part of me that wants my independence, that part dies. It's not easy when you die to yourself. So I'm going to ask you again, have you died to yourself? And I'm not like, oh, my God, like Hannah's done it perfectly. No, no, no. If you ask me next week, I'll be like, the Lord took this away or he showed me this or I died again. Like it's going to happen over and over again through your life because just like Joshua, just like Joshua fought the Canaanites, For his entire life, we are going to fight our flesh for our entire life. But in Revelation 3.21, it says, Jesus says to us, to the believers, he says, to those who have overcome, I give the right to eternal life. That's what he says. He's like, to you you who have overcome. Are you overcoming right now, or are you pulling your name as a Christian, as a name badge that you wear? Are you Christian on Sunday and Wednesdays, but do you fight the fight through the week? Or in the middle of the night, when you really just want to go do that thing that you know you shouldn't? Are you fighting that fight, or are you just kind of wearing a badge, making yourself feel good. If you go to Matthew 5.30, this is a Sermon on the Mount. If you've never read it all the way through, I really recommend that you do that. But in Matthew 5.30, Jesus says this really ridiculous thing. And so maybe some of you have heard it before, but you ever, like, the Lord ever show you things in the Bible and you're like, that's ridiculous. Like, do you really mean that, God? This is one of those phrases. He says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Have you cut off your right hand yet? Seriously. Have you done that? Have you cut things out of your life because they're causing you to sin? Have you cut things out of your life because when you look at it, it makes you want to do that sin? Have you cut things out of your life because when you look at it, you know that you're going to fall and you're going to walk away from Jesus? Are you following that kind of a lifestyle? Are you radical in that way? We use the word radical a lot. Like, I'm radical. Do you love Jesus to the point of cutting off your right hand? Seriously, it's a serious question. Because ultimately, what is God asking us to step up to? To live a life worthy of the calling that he has for us. It's in Colossians. To to set an example for the other believers in speech and in conduct and faith and in purity. 
Can you be pure with your right hand? Do you need to cut your right hand off? And you, you're probably like, well, that's a metaphorical statement. Yeah, I mean, please don't really go cut your hand off. But you should really think about it spiritually. Seriously and honestly. There's a song, it's called, um, oh, what is it called? I don't know. Beautiful Example by a guy named Caleb something. And we sang it, we sang it the past three weeks at the House of Prayer where I work. And every time we sing it, I'm like, I don't want to sing this song because it's so hard. Every single time. And part of it says this, I've paid my vows, but to walk it out, it's a narrow road. And there's another part that says, I'm trying, Lord, to lay my life down, but it takes violence. Are you violent in your life? Spiritually, are you violent? Are you willing to go to those lengths to cut your life apart? Because you want to follow God. Joshua knew. Joshua was like, okay, we have to get rid of the Canaanites. If we don't get rid of the Canaanites, we will build altars to the wrong gods. We're going to fall away. But we know who God is. God is good. God is faithful. God is strong. God is pure. God is holy. He knew these things. He had revelation of that. Do you believe God is good? Because if you don't, you're not going to want to lay your life down. What's God calling you to step up to? If No matter whether you go off to school and you become a doctor or you become a parent or you become somebody who uh, fixes dishwashers. I don't know what those are called. An appliance repairman. If you become one of those, that's great. I'm glad that you have a vocation. But what's your calling? What are you called to do? You guys are young, but you're called to live a life for Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus. If you don't know why it's worth it, to cut your right hand off for him. You need to go sit, t- sit in a room and talk to him. Go sit in a room and talk to Jesus. Jesus' invitation to you is to come away and sit with him and talk to him. And you need to do that if you don't know what it, what, if it's worth it to cut off your right hand for him. So we're going to do something kind of different tonight. Um, primarily because the Lord tends to do things with me like that. Because I like to be orderly and have a plan, and I like to know things. I like to know exactly what I'm doing when I'm doing it. And so God doesn't let me do that very often. It's good, but also terrible. Um, <laughs> helps me die a little bit every time. But we're gonna, I'm going to ask the leaders to come up. And they're going to stand kind of up here. And the leaders are going to pray for you guys. Because when you choose to lay your life down, you need help. You need help. I'm, not, I'm like, this is a community thing. We do it together. We die together. God wants a bride, not one person. His bride is the body of Christ, so we do it together. So I'm going to ask your leaders to pray for you. Eli's going to come up and just play a little bit. Um, But I want to give you this invitation tonight. If you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus. Like, this is not me just saying this because I'm I'm supposed to, because I'm the spiritual prayer person. I'm telling you, if you don't know Jesus, he is the best leader you will ever have. He will love you unconditionally. He will call you into a life that's worthy of it. You will live for eternity with the best God in the entire world. If you don't know God, you should come and you should come and pray and ask for him. If you are not at the point of laying down your life, you need to get there. And, and I, like, this is serious, guys. This is a serious thing. What we do for Jesus is serious. If you need help, come and ask a leader to pray for you. And if you are laying down your life, if you're like, you know what, it's hard and I can't do it, I'm sad and I need help, come and get prayer and let us pray for you and give you help. So Eli's just going to play for a little bit and you guys should just come. So everyone stand up so it's not awkward when people come up. Everyone stand up. And I want you to engage with the Lord. Don't talk to your friend. Don't look at your phone. I want you to engage with Jesus and ask him 
what do I need prayer for? And ask him, am I at the point of laying down my life for you? So go ahead and come on up.